Today, the prophet Isaiah tells us that God is about to do a new thing. It's going to spring forth like rivers in the desert. It will be hoped for, but surprising. It will be life-giving and life-sustaining. The new thing will refresh us and rejuvenate us like water in the wilderness. When it comes, we will be like those who dream. Our mouths will be filled with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. Our fortunes will be restored like the watercourses of the Negev, a dry and dusty desert with riverbeds that only briefly flow with water after a good rain, a blessing that pours down from heaven. We are assured that the new thing God is going to do will be very good. The gospel today mentions another kind of pouring out. In the midst of a crowded gathering with food and beverage fueling lively conversation and fellowship, we see Mary do something surprising and life-giving. She disappears from the room for a moment and returns with something in her hand. She kneels beside Jesus, the man who raised her brother Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus is dining at the table with Jesus and the other disciples. I wonder if Mary looks him in the eye as she kneels. She opens the container she is carrying and immediately the sweet fragrance of perfume fills the room like the incense here this morning. The others exchange glances that ask, what is she doing? Unexpectedly, she gently pours the perfume over Jesus' feet and rubs it in. Sweet, refreshing water has broken forth in the desert. Mary has joined God in the new thing that God is doing among us. She has heard enough of Jesus' words and seen enough of his actions that she knows he is the new thing. And so she honors him with her actions. She ignores the puzzled expressions on the faces of her guests and Judas's snarky comment. She lovingly wipes the unabsorbed perfume with her hair and retreats from the table, grateful for Jesus's affirming words. This is one of my favorite moments in the Gospels. It's a beautiful, moving scene that foreshadows Jesus's death, but also highlights the deep connection that those who spent time with him felt. It also raises a lot of questions. And the main one is, why was Mary moved to anoint Jesus' feet during this meal? Here's what I think. In John's Gospel, these events, where Mary anoints Jesus' feet, take place shortly after Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead and just before his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. 
something we'll focus on next week. Perhaps Mary and Martha talked about the miraculous things that happened during Jesus' last visit while they were preparing for this meal. The death and resurrection of their brother was fresh in their minds as they cleaned and moved furniture and prepared food. Now I know that Mary is famous for sitting at Jesus' feet while Martha does all the work, but I'm going to assume she was a good sister and helped out. I can imagine the two of them wondering aloud what amazing thing could happen during this visit with their teacher. And I can hear Lazarus chiming in from the other room. But none of them suspects that one of them will be the person to do, do something holy and unexpected that evening. There must have been a point during the meal when Mary was overwhelmed with gratitude for all she had learned from Jesus and all that he had done for her family. Thinking back on all that she and Martha had recounted earlier that day and listening to the conversation at the table, she felt a strong urge to express her thanks and love to Jesus, and she followed her holy impulse, something we should all do. I'm sure that Martha and Lazarus were shocked at first, but I think things changed when they smelled the perfume. It was familiar. They had smelled it not long ago as they anointed Lazarus for his burial. And maybe Lazarus even remembered it from the first moments of his new life given to him by Jesus. So at that moment, he and Martha realized why Mary had done what she did. They felt the wave of gratitude also. The three of them had firsthand experience with a pattern that we see over and over as we read about Jesus' life, teaching, and actions. Death is followed by resurrection. Loss is followed by restoration. Lazarus had his life restored to him. Mary and Martha were given back their beloved brother. And Jesus had made it all happen. Their encounters with him had completely reshaped their lives. How could Mary not offer the best that she had in thanks to Jesus? But then things take a turn. When Jesus affirms Mary's giving thanks for Lazarus's resurrection, he connects it with his own death. The point can't have been lost on Mary or her siblings. The moment of beauty was then tinged with worry about what was to come. But I'd like to think that in spite of Jesus's foreshadowing, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus each had a small spark of hope because they knew that Jesus is the source of life. They knew that he is the new thing. Well, friends, this morning, each of us gathered here is in the same position as the guests and hosts of the meal at Bethany. We are inching toward Jesus' death as Lent slowly gives way 
to the great 50 days of Easter. We know what's coming for Jesus. Just as we know what's coming for ourselves, we will eventually die. We will return to the dust from which God formed us, but we also have that spark of hope because we know that death was not the end of Jesus' story. Right now, we may be passing through pain and grief, but we know that we will come through it because God is walking with us in it. Many of us here have already experienced resurrection and new life in Jesus in countless ways, big and small. I know that I have. And I know that while God occasionally directly intervenes, God often uses those around us as instruments of resurrection. Almost 10 years ago, my mother died after a lifetime of illness. Now, there are more stories of new life surrounding her than I can count, and certainly more that I could share here. It'll be another sermon or series of sermons. But her death crystallized some spiritual issues I was wrestling with at the time and primed me to grow in new directions. God used the people of the Episcopal Church to help me mourn her death and the loss of a kind of faith that I had held to for years, but that no longer brought me closer to Jesus. The old me died, but God did a new thing in me. I was revived, refreshed, and nourished by streams of God's love flowing through God's people. Their openness to the voice of the Spirit allowed them to be used by God. And that work continues as many, many of you continue to speak life to me and help me with that resurrection. Thank you. As we reflect on our encounters with Jesus and the new life that comes from them, let's follow the example of Mary of Bethany. Let's remember the difficulties and the loss but also the joy and the healing of new life. Let's bring our gifts of gratitude to the Lord's table this morning. As we lift our hearts to the Lord, may they be filled with thanksgiving for all that he has done for us, all that he empowers us to do through the Holy Spirit, and all that he will do when God's new thing is brought to completion, and Jesus returns to earth from heaven. Amen.